Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome back to Across the Romaverse. This is episode 70 and this is a special episode today. I have a, a guest on our show. This is Wayne Gerard. Uh, you may know him from the official AS Roma site, Gentleman Ultra and IFTV. So Wayne, how are you doing tonight? What up, Steve? I'm glad to ta- uh, talk, you know, finally get to sit down with Cassidy Tolti, a, a column that I followed for so long. And I, I love you guys. I love you, Bren. Whoever's been doing the writing for over the past several years is, I, I've loved what you guys do. You're, you're so in, in tune with what's going on. You're not biased. You don't take a positive or negative. You're very factual, you know, and, and I appreciate you, you totally listen to what's going on. I think that's so important. And uh, you guys are great. You're a real, I think, example for up and coming writers, especially little Romanisti who are coming through, you know, 18, 19 years old and people who are like, I want to write. Well, if you do and you're interested, you have to read the articles that are on this site because they're always on point. And it's, uh, you know, great reading material for me throughout the week. And I appreciate you guys. Now, we appreciate you, you taking the time to read our work and uh, we appreciate you enjoying it. Uh, so this episode, you know, normally we come on, I come on with uh, Brandon and Jimmy to discuss the post-match stuff. And, you know, this weekend was particularly hard for us Romanisi to take. We knew it would be a tough match against Inter, uh, shorthanded side. So we're not going to really dive into that aspect, but we're going to dive more into the tactics of Mourinho. You know, the 3-5-2 versus the 4-2-3-1 has become uh, a talking point on the message boards of late. Um, and there was a question posed by one of our listeners Mark uh, the idea for this episode and um the listener was i'm just pulling up his name real quick here i want to give him a proper shout out um was gerosity uh, from our message boards on kids Toti, and he asked you know what's the better fit you know and i kind of he asked more for the tactical nuances of the two formations and i kind of threw it out there on twitter because i'm no tactical expert and wayne actually reached out to kind of give a quick answer and he's here to give us a little bit more in-depth, you know, the difference between the four-man back line that Mourinho has historically played and the, the three-man back line he's transitioned to of late. So, uh, 
Wayne, to you, what's the biggest difference, obviously, besides the fact there's three center backs versus two in these two formations? Biggest is continuity and chemistry. You look at a difference of formation. It's something that is tried time and time again in training. They'll spend months doing the same drills and patenting them down, patting them down, or getting them down pat, as you should say. And it's all about these little movements, which make the difference. However, formation, it's going to be a tried. Uh, it just happens to be like that. If it's a four, two, three, one, four, three, three. If it's a three, four, two, one, whatever it is. And that's the biggest issue between that center back and that wing back. Because now if that wing back is undisciplined and he goes too far up, well, now you've left a center back with a guy who's taking up space on the outside. If the center back thinks that the wing back is tracking back and he doesn't, or the wing back stops a uh, half a foot too early. Well, that, you know, that half foot makes all the difference. It's that small little bit that always will make the difference on a professional level. Right. So it's, they got to build that chemistry together. It's a lot more cut and dry. When you look at a four, two, three, one, okay. I'm a left back. I know that their right winger is going to come through. So me and my left center back, we're communicating all, all the time, you know, who's got him. Um, who's picking it up, picking him up. Are you following his run? Are the inside? So that's a lot more cut and dry. When you go to the three, five, two, there's a lot more room for errors, especially if it's not the formation that you've been practicing from July, August, and September, right? So that's what I don't like about that is that confusion. Whereas the four to three, one, when you get it down pat, it's just such a, it's such a fluid, ah, what's the word? Just step-by-step, almost like a catenaccio in a literal sense, like a chain. Like a chain reaction is the four two three one compared to the three five two where it's kind of like sometimes okay we've got our wing backs and the whole match can really depend on if they want to bust their ass or not so I don't like leaving it up to chance in that way whereas I just feel the four two three one has so much more of a unit aspect to it yeah that that makes sense and I mean I, I guess the biggest reason you would probably say that Fonseca and now Mourinho have switched to a three man back line at various times is more. Uh, out of necessity than out of choice. Yeah, totally. So when you look at our outside backs, you got Spinatola's out, of course. Vina has been out for a few weeks at this point. Uh, Calafiori, for if he's injured or if uh, Mourinho doesn't feel confident in starting him, Karstorp has absolutely no cover. And then you put Ibanez there and you see what happens. You put a left center back into a right back position and everyone against Inter was like oh how come our uh, outside backs are not moving up the pitch why are they playing like four center backs because they are four center backs so that's the the position they played pretty much their entire life so it can't be a surprise Um, and part of that is going to have to be on Mourinho as well to be managing that when he's on the field you know I understand that there's the quality aspect where we need you know sometimes a better group of players in order to make that jump from fifth to fourth which there is a big Leap, but that doesn't mean that a manager cannot be asked questions of. That's fair as a fan. We're allowed to ask questions. So what if he's won the entire world? You could still have that validity as a fan, I think. And there's no one who's free from it's not criticism. It's just the being free from being able to ask a question about it. And I think we're entitled to that. Of course we are. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact that there's no other right back in Mourinho's mind, it certainly begs a question of. I guess maybe the conversations he had with Pinto about Reynolds in the summer or maybe other moves necessitated them not addressing that right back position. But yeah, I mean, when you play Ibanez out there, like you said, he's, a, he's mobile for a, a center back, but he's not, he's not a wing back. 
Um, and then he's playing on the opposite flank that he's even used to playing on. So certainly creates some problems. Uh, we saw Inter exploit those problems. So let's talk about this current roster, thinking about, you know, how it's built. And let's first talk about the 4-2-3-1, and then we could talk about the 3-5-2. So who, in your mind, benefits the most from Mourinho's conventional 4-2-3-1 formation? Oh, I think it's Pellegrini. He drops back. You know, he acts in a more central role. He can use his athleticism to be the missing link rather than someone like Deco, let's say Mourinho is Porto, and Deco, who, you know, that team is allowed to build possession and he can run in between the lines. Pellegrini, however, he uses his athleticism just to get back and get the ball and transition quickly. So he's like a utility trequartista, which I really like. I love hardworking trequartisti much like Raja Nayingolan, I'm not comparing those players. I'm just saying that in that attribute, they have similarities. So I think, especially because he's getting in front of goal, he's some, he has some of the most shots on goal in all of Europe now. I think also Abraham can, because he can be, once things level out and there's more chemistry built, Abraham is going to keep on slamming goals in, I think. And his movement has been fundamental to Mourinho's approach. So I think that as the center forward for hopefully the years to come, in a 4-2-3-1, that Abraham can really make this his team. Uh, the wingers as well. They get a lot of space. Zaniolo gets a lot of space. And we're still trying to figure out who's the consistent left-wing starter. I think as Mkhitaryan gets older, that question becomes brighter or more prominent, and we have to address it as time goes on. Uh, so I have to say that right now, Zaniolo is someone who has benefited for sure, regardless if the stats aren't there, the assists, the goals. That stuff will come. The most important thing, though, is that he gets out there, he busts his butt, he wants the ball, he's willing to take players on 1v1, he's created at this point, we've seen in the Europa League, a game that was a little bit more open, he could express his individuality. So I think that in time, man, I, it's just, you know, thank, hopefully praying to God he stays healthy, the second half of the season will be much better for sure. Yeah, I agree. I, I like the early signs from him. Yeah, you know, he had, he's one of those guys that the referees haven't given much help to or at least <laughs> fair calls to, we can say. We've talked about that in the pod. Um, I, I think he's looked pretty good running at players. You know, I, I had many conversations last season about what Roma lacked, and it was somebody that could run at players, and he is that guy. Um, I personally like him on the wing. Do you like him better on the wing or playing centrally? Oh, I like him both, depending on the game. If it's one where I need him to unlock a defense, I like him centrally. If it's one where he's going to get space to roam on the wing and be this type of creative winger and get that choice if he wants to take one-on-one -on -one or play a quick ball, then out on the wing is fine. But I see him over the course of his career. He's uh, 22 years old. I see him in the next two to three years transitioning into a central player, especially as he becomes more confident. I think he's got the physique, the intelligence off the ball hopefully or maybe that's something he could build a little bit upon he's got the shot he's got the short pass but in that short pass and moving off the ball if he can grow into that a little bit more improve there he could be a really dominant number 10 and that's not not typical for a young player especially one that's used to having the ball at his feet so I think that there's still work to do in both aspects and on the wing he could do a little bit more I think of perhaps working with the team. And when I've seen him move centrally, I have seen him like uh, in one of our, in when we played the Ukrainian team, Zoria, in the uh, conference league, I thought he played a really good ball. He moved out onto the other wing, actually made himself an outlet 
in kind of like this inverted winger position and he made something happen. So it's, it's, it's circumstantial. Yeah. And I, I agree with you in the sense, I think he will move centrally uh, eventually. I think once he hones some of those aspects of his, of his game, like the vision and the passing will, will get improved. I think sometimes he uh, can be a little selfish, but I think that's typical of young players with his kind of skill set. And I think, I think the central will, will where he ends up. Um, so, you know, plenty of guys you just mentioned benefit from that four, two, three, one. What does Roma really lack though to do it successfully? Because the early results were, were mixed from them before they did switch to three, five, two. I think it's so much has to do with getting us to have a healthy starting 11 guys who can play together on a consistent basis, build that chemistry. And it's such an under, it's an overused word with an undervalued meaning because it takes time to build that. We look at other projects around Italy and you have Atalanta and Milan. These guys have played together for a very long time. Three, they're around three Atalanta, maybe five years into their system, playing the same exact tactics with roughly the same players. You know, a couple guys have left here and there between both teams. However, they're much further in. We're about, you know, three months. And I think that's really important, four months to keep perspective. Uh, so it's going to take some consistency, a little bit more dis- discipline all around. I've seen us make some stupid fouls, pick up some dumb yellows, which prohibit us from building that chemistry further. So mentally, as well as just time and patience. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think uh, it's going to take some time. People have to realize Mourinho has not been here very long. Uh, it, it's going to take time, just like Fonseca. He wasn't here probably long enough to really implement what he wanted to do. So hopefully the Freakins have a little more patience than we've seen under Pelota in that sense. Um, so moving to the three-five-two, who do you think benefits the most from that? Because some players have looked pretty good in this formation. A player who I never thought would have the discipline Stefano Shadoui has looked great as a left wing back. <laughs> Who could have thought that? But he's been strong. He's been getting back, working really hard, making assists, putting the ball across the face of goal, i.e. Perez, who scored that nice one on a Thanksgiving Day, American Thanksgiving. Remember that one very nicely. So he's settled in there really well. He's taking the advice of Mourinho. He wants to work hard. He left a big contract in China. He wants to be part of the success of Roma. He's one of the very few guys we have who are in their prime. And he has this really great ability, I think, to be a role player for us. Maybe not a consistent starting 11 guy once we have everybody healthy and once a few more players get plugged into this team as the Friedkins continue to invest. But somebody who is definitely a really good squad player and someone you want on their team because they're committed and they're going to work hard. And that's exactly the attitude that you need to bring to Mourinho's Roma. Yeah, he's been working his rear end off. And just like you, I was surprised when I saw him the first time as a left wing back. I was like, well, that's interesting. I know he like works decently hard on defense, but I didn't think he'd have the success he's had. And I agree with you. He might not be a consistent starter once the, the squad really develops. But like Mourinho always talks about, we need two players at every position if we want to truly compete with the best of Serie A and eventually the best of Europe. So Certainly a guy who can start here and there if you have a deeper squad and, and do plenty off the bench for you. So definitely a guy who is starting to find his feet under Mourinho after that spell in China that was very unsuccessful. And he's motivated too. I mean, this is a guy who missed the Euros because of his time in China, we, we, we would probably have to admit. And uh, maybe he knows if he stuck around in Rome, he could have been part of that Euro 2020 victory. Um, so in your mind, what do you think Roma really lacks to do the 3-5-2 successfully? Uh, it's, that's something you're going to have to iron out over months and 
maybe over the next year, honestly, if you want to get great at both of those, I don't think that's in the plan. I don't think Mourinho throughout his career, he hasn't utilized that type of setup with three center backs. So I, I don't think that they're going to keep going to that if they can help it. And hopefully the winter Mercato changes those things so we don't have to revert to it. But if you did, especially as Spinazzola gets back, it's not unheard of. We've seen that transition from a 4-2-3-1 to 3-5-2-3-4-2-1 with Fonseca as well. So if you're going to see Spinazzola there where he has really grown into it, I mean, if you look at where he is on the pitch, you could say Italy, you know, they use a flat back four. However, the position-wise is much more advanced, like a wing back. So there's that similarity. It's not so much just your formation, but where you're taking your position on the field. So perhaps we'll continue to see it, but I don't, I don't foresee it. I'll tell you that. I don't think it's going to keep happening. Yeah, I don't think so long-term either. But now let me ask you, this is kind of off the cuff. We hadn't put this one in the outline, but do you think part of the reason Mourinho has been playing three center backs besides the left back injuries, which you know sort of facilitated this, is the lack of a true defensive midfield? Maybe does he like having a third center back on the pitch to kind of make up for that in, in any way? I think that's a really good point. I think it also has to do with the fact that he doesn't trust Reynolds, probably. I can't say that for sure. I'm not on like the inside scoop. I haven't read anything of the sort, but just by precedent and the amount of playing time he's been given, it doesn't look like he's one of his favorite players. And at that point, I think he looks at his guys and like you said, sees he needs to close up shop a little bit more and says, I'm going to put three center backs out. And sometimes it has worked, although look at the quality of the opponents like Genoa. We used a 3-4-2-1. And I mean, they didn't press at all. They just played some crappy long ball and expected to score, I guess. I guess that was Chevchenko's game plan. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned Mourinho historically has has not gone in the three-man back line. So why don't you talk about a little bit about um, you know, what he's done in the past on some of his better sides? Yeah, sure. And when you when people go out on Twitter and whatever forum podcasts and they're like, Mourinho's lost it. Football has evolved without him. And they use these buzzwords. They have no idea what they're talking about. Because if they said that, then they would have some type of reply as to what they mean tactically, analytically. What do you mean by that? Based off what? How do you find your evidence to this? Because he hasn't won? Let me give you an example. 2004-05. Gallus, Terry, Makaleli, Lampard, Drogba. What a spine that team had. Are you kidding me? You're going to try and compare this Roma? With 2004-05 Chelsea, Ashley Cole, Duff, Robin. What? That is an incredibly stacked team. If you're under like the age of 30, trust me on this. That team is unbelievable. Advanced 10 years. Mourinho goes back to Chelsea. Azpilicueta, John Terry, Cahill, Ivanovic, Matic. Some of the hardest, most dynamic defenders with Azpilicueta there that you could find and that we remember from 2010 to 2020. Fabregas, Oscar, before he goes to China. Diego Costa, incredible striker in his prime. Hazard, Willian, like, bro, are you kidding me? I, I, how, how are you going to compare like these teams? Like, oh, Mourinho has lost his touch. Lost his touch. Have you seen these teams he's worked with? And you're going to tell me that we have, that we should be winning or, you know, half these games against the top four? No, like I said, the top four is their years into their project, perhaps a little bit besides Napoli in the sense that they changed their star striker, but they got a star striker. And now you see them lose him and look what happens. You know, they're still, they just got beat up at home against Atalanta. 
So it's, I think people sometimes just need to put things into perspective for sure. Uh, Real Madrid. I, do you want me to keep going? I mean, Ramos, Pepe, Arbeloa, Chabi Alonso, Ozo, Di Maria, Ronaldo, Benzema. Come on. Yeah. I we, mean, we have a lot of work to do. Just those three. That, and, and there's a lot of players on, on this Roma side. I like um, even down the middle, like I love Pellegrini, but I don't know. You correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think any player on this side starts on any of those three sides you just mentioned. I have a hard time seeing it. I think yeah. Maybe Pellegrini. Like you maybe, said. maybe he finds a way. And even if you think about his inter side, if you want to go to his Italian success, I mean, he had Robin, I'm not Robin, rather Schneider in his prime. You know, he had Zanetti, you know, you had Samuel in the middle of that defense. He had quality players all around the pitch. Eto running at defenses, going back on the counterattack. So yes. Yeah, go ahead. In a fantasy world where a player gets every one and they can they get that time to build, Mourinho was lucky at those spots. He was able to build quickly. And if he had been if he had been given that center mid like he wanted, and Jekyll didn't cry and run away to Inter, then we probably would have had Coop Miners on our starting mm-hmm. eleven, and we would probably have at least six more points. I've got to say because of that, because I've seen my boys Veretout and Cristante sometimes. They've been decent, but sometimes they've messed up their zonal marking, and that has cost us, i.e. in the derby. Uh, I'm just thinking of Milinkovic-Savage. Take nothing away. That was an incredible goal. Nevertheless, it did happen. Yeah, that 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 defensive midfield position, I mean, we're going to see it come up again. We'll talk about the winter Mercato in just a bit, but uh, it has cost Roma at times. And you see the defensive midfielders that he's had in these other stops. And like you said, he's able to build quickly. Makaleli. Uh, Matic, you know, patrolling the middle of the field. You know, Arbelo and Chabi Alonso and these guys. It, it, it's hard to compare if you're Roma, you know, Zanetti played a uh, defensive mid a lot of the time with Inter in that formation. And uh, we don't have that right now. So, and with Mourinho's, you know, mindset of being somewhat defensive um, we saw at the beginning of this season that Wayne, I mean, he even went pretty attacking early on, which was a bit of a surprise, I think, because he knew that's where his biggest assets were on this t- side. Wouldn't you say? Yes, definitely. Yeah. He, he approached it and he saw that he could take it to, Take it to them. He had a set starting 11. He knew what to expect out of them, and he wasn't afraid to move a little bit further up the pitch. Yeah, so I take it you'd, you'd like to stick with a 4-2-3-1 long-term if Mourinho is here for those three years like he's supposed to be. Yes, that's for me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so let's just uh, talk about the Mercato and maybe how we see Roma finishing this season as we wrap the episode. Uh, so Winter Mercato, a lot of talk. To you, who's in, who's out? What would you like to see Pinto do? I know it's winter. It's harder to make moves in the summer, but what do you, what do you think? I'd like to see a really good left winger come in, somebody to rotate with Al Shadwi. I would like to see cover for Zaniola or that, you know, even though that might be covered in the form of Perez. I want to see what his story is. I want an extra trequartista to rotate with Pellegrini. I also want some cover for Mancini. If it's Ibanya, Smalling, and Mancini, I want to see another center back come in, especially with Smalling and his injury issues. And as he gets older, I don't imagine that Kambula is going to be in the plans forever. Uh, I just get that feeling. I want to see something different, but he's he's got to pick up his speed a little bit. Uh, so for me, it's got to be the defensive midfielder number one. is Somebody to play probably with Cristante, who's my number one. I, it would really depend. I'm not sure if somebody, if a defensive midfielder comes in, if he's going to be, you know, who's your number one? Is it Cristante or is it Veritu? I'd be really interested to see that. The, the name floating around is Zakaria. However, he just switched his agent. Apparently, the rest of Europe wants him. And if that's the case, we won't get him because there's other teams in the Champions League which are much more lucrative in ways that are more than money. 
And so if I, that's the only one I could pick, right? It's that, and I would say some center back cover and uh, Karstorp cover. I think we need a right back to come in. So you're yeah. looking at, you know, that, that, that uh, extra center back, the defensive midfielder number one, and the right back. And if you really want to give me a nice Christmas present, yeah, somebody to compete with El Charlie, perhaps a little bit more, uh, I don't want to say attack-minded, because El Charlie is attack-minded, but uh, multidimensional, perhaps maybe like someone really exciting. <laughs> I can't imagine who that is. You know, maybe Boga, he's probably going to go to Atalanta, but, you know, there's guys out there. There's no shortage of good footballers. Yeah, I, I agree. Those positions you'd mentioned, especially defensive mid, right back, I think those are the first two targets. Center back uh, is probably targeted in some some way, shape, or form if Kambula is moved on from. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be – Pinto's got his work cut out for him. And just to what you were saying with Cristante Vertu, to me, I start Cristante. I, I like him. Uh, I like his passing range and things like that that he brings to the team. Uh, to me, Vertu has been uh, very hit or miss this season, not up to his standard in my opinion. Um, I don't know. I just think that Mourinho values Cristante more. He, he seems to have liked him from the beginning. I, I think he likes the, the work rate. He likes the, the leadership aspect. A lot of things Cristante brings to the table. Um, so those are the guys you would bring in. Who are you looking at possibly moving out the door? I wish VR could stay. However, he hasn't played much at all. Mayoral, I think he's going to end up going to Fiorentina. Fazio's contract is quite extensive. <laughs> I don't know what Federico's doing. Reynolds, he's got to go out on loan. He's got to grow. And Kambula and Diawara, for me, are kind of, I could see them move. I don't know if they will or won't. Haven't heard, but just based on the amount of playing time they've been given to younger guys, I've got to imagine that they want a more prominent role. Yeah, I agree. I, I think VR is probably the first one out the door, like you said, because he, there's no way he's happy with what's going on here. Um, the only thing that stinks for Roma, in my opinion, is that they held on to him now to a point where maybe his value has gone down for them. They, their negotiating power is kind of down from where it was last year. Maybe a loan with like an option might be better for them than a straight sale because, um, you know, maybe he could recoup some value for them. Uh, Myral, yeah, I think this guy's going to want to play because his loan is almost up. Um, Kumbula and Diwara, I do credit them for having a, a good attitude, at least after their benching and their being sent to the stands. They seem to have at least kept a good attitude, but... Yeah, I think if a D DM comes in, I think uh, Mourinho would would you know gladly send Diwara away. Um, Kambula would be interesting too. Yeah, I want to see him improve. I just don't know if he if he super fits in. I think he's got to kind of break out of his shell. But Steve, I want to throw out one name at you. Totally frivolous, doesn't make any sense. Skamaka. <laughs> I wrote a piece on Skamaka about twelve months ago. Um, you know, and I, it was titled forget Milik cause I was at the point when Milik was linked heavily, uh, <laughs> Roma should pursue Skamaka and he's, he's making me look pretty good in recent weeks. I have to say, yeah, um, he's a, he's a bull. Can you imagine yeah. him with Zaniolo? I think we would yeah. just truly bully the rest of the league. I, 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 I think he's got the best potential of any Italian striker right now to be the long-term number nine for the Azzurri though. If he no, doesn't he make his way back to Rome, he does. And Raspadori fitting him that those two playing together. I like it a lot. Yeah. Interesting team there. So Wayne, I know you got to go soon. So before I let you go, how do you see this Roma finishing the season? I know fourth was the stated objective that is starting to get to, to look a bit difficult with the way the top four is playing in the league right now. Yeah, I just think they play so good together, those top four teams, that it's, it's like we're on the outside looking in. I think fifth is realistic. 
to me, it, it, it hurts because I would love to get fourth, but that's just going to take a little bit more time. And that's okay. That's what a project means. It means you, I know James Warner Castle, extremely bright, educated author. He's written some of my favorite pieces. However, he said something like, how could Mourinho spend this? And then the expectations not be fourth. Well, because you invest. Invest doesn't mean that you make money tomorrow. It means you make money. You see the fruits of your labor down the line. And that's the most important thing to remember as a Romanista, whether you're from Rome, you're from Indonesia or California. It's everyone's got to have that mentality, that approach, that maturity. I just, I hope that we can all take a step back sometimes because sometimes it does hurt. I am obsessed with winning and it doesn't always work out that way. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I obviously wanted fourth. I, I predicted before the season that they could probably push for fourth. Uh, like you said, those top four teams, they've just been playing together for so long that they look so good. But I think fifth is is well within the realm of possibility. You look at Lazio, they've had their struggles under Saudi. It's taken them time to transition to Saudi ball. Juve looks very uh, up and down this season. I mean, the loss to them probably hurts the most uh, to me because we should have won that match. Uh, I think of all the matches we lost. And then you look at, you know, Fiorentina is a nice story. They're, they're resurgent, but no reason why Roma can't beat them out either for a spot. So uh, yeah, fifth, I think is very realistic. It would still be an improvement. Like you said, it's a project, you know, yeah, we invested 40 million in Abraham, but you can't expect everything right away. I know the name Mourinho brings that expectation, but if you look at the big picture, Roma is, you know, starting from a seventh place position last year, you know, they're playing in the conference league right now. It's going to take some time. And, um, I think, you know, Pinto seems to have a good idea of what he wants to do. Um, you know, Vina wasn't an initial, you know, thing that we expected this summer, but with Spinozola's injury, we had to invest money there. So he had to kind of alter his plans. Uh, like you said, uh, Jacko, the way he exited, you know, might've cost us coop minor. So the, the projects, I think going in the right direction, people just have to be patient. Rome is not always the most patient city as we've seen. So, you know, hopefully you're right way at minimum fifth to finish the season, at least back in the Europa league, a little more quality European play, better teams to face off against. So uh, Wayne, I can't thank you enough for coming on. This was a great episode. You, uh, hopefully our listeners enjoy all the tactics talk and kind of when they watch the match, they can really see what's happening out there a little bit better between the 4-2-3-1 and the, the 3-5-2. And uh, why don't you give our listeners uh, some information about yourself, where they can find you, anything you want to plug? Yeah, sure. Uh, my website. Sometimes I'm putting stuff on waynerome.com and just pieces I've written and stuff like that. I really, you know, uh, hopefully if you, you're listening to this, uh, the Twitter handle, Wayne in Rome. And I've got a big surprise coming next week. So I hope, uh, I hope that's received well. I'm happy to, I'm not, I'm not spilling it just yet, but I'm very excited. It's a big deal for me. And I'll be working with uh, some of my friends in Calcio. So I can say that for now. And if anyone would love to follow or check out New York Wolf Conservation Center, I'm very uh, drawn to what's been going on, especially in the Northwest. Wolves were actually just, besides being our patron animal of our club they were just taken off the endangered species list in the united states and therefore they've been suffering quite a bit with these insane hunts i don't know why people want to kill them they blame uh, the ranching industry blames that they eat cattle and they attack the cattle it's not true i don't want to get off on a tangent or anyone to think i'm a weirdo but um <laughs> just check it out because it's it's really serious stuff it's really sad and it's uh it's an animal that defines roman history American heritage. And I just hope that people, you know, use their right to vote or their power on social media and stuff like that. Just encourage people to preserve life.
Yeah. And the conservation center is a great place. I actually worked at summer camp, uh, you know, a while back when I was just starting out in teaching and we went to the wolf conservation center. So great cause, uh, and, and certainly something to, to check out. So again, Wayne, thanks for coming on. Um, you know, if you haven't followed Wayne yet, give him a follow. He's always given great updates during the matches and things like that. And, uh, you know, thanks again for listening.